You guys awake? You guys are finally get answering these questions correctly. It's only taken me like four months of asking you this every Sunday morning. I'm not awake yet. No, I'm just kidding. I am. Um, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. God, today we just come into your presence and we just, we ask for you just to minister to us, God. God, for the, the situations that we're going through, the, the areas of life that we're going through right now, God, that you just, you work in those areas, that you work and minister to us, the people that we're, we're dealing with and ministering to, God, we just thank you that you give us grace to go through what we need to go through, God, that you've given us wisdom to go through it. God, we just, we're just so thankful for what you are doing in our lives. God, we thank you that no matter what we're going through, we can count it joy. It may suck right now, but it, we can count it as joy, God. And Lord, we just thank you that um, you're always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You've always been with us. And Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit and his ministry in our lives, God. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right. So, um, this is a... This was an awkward one for me to write, so it might be awkward for me to preach. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be it's gonna be good, but I'm just saying this is this is this is a, a little um, different for me to um, to put into words and to get it onto this. So um, so when we're born again, when we accept Christ into our lives, when we say, I cannot do this on my own, I need you as my Savior, I'm a sinner, I need you as my Savior, what happens? Christ comes in. He cleans out. He makes new. You know, how many of you guys know that when you're born again, not everything immediately changes and becomes brand new? (laughs) There's a brand new part of us. But there's a lot of old stuff that we have to clean out and have to change and have to reform and have to um, to bring it into the alignment that God has for us. So when we're born again, we are born again. Our spirit, we're we're made new. We're not reformed. We're not re remade. Our we are a new creation. So that new creation has to live in this body. And sometimes that body was in control of what. The spirit man lived in. So sometimes it takes time of rethinking, redoing, and meditating on the Word of God to change the way that we think and act. How many of you guys know? You ever been selfish? Anybody ever been selfish? Yeah, everybody's been selfish at one point. If you haven't, you're being selfish right now and you're lying. So, um, so naturally man in our human flesh is selfish. And we want what we want. That's a quote from my wife. Well, I want what I want. And I'm, I learned that from Sarah. And she said, she told me that. But sometimes what we want is not always beneficial for us. You know, you guys ever prayed something and it doesn't, and you're like, God, why didn't that happen? Why didn't this happen the way I wanted it to happen? And what happens is, is sometimes we get angry and bitter towards God when that prayer doesn't come to pass. But what we don't know in our infinite wisdom <laughs> is that God in His infinite wisdom saw it better to not answer that prayer because He knew what that, if He said yes to that, what would, what, what would it do to us? By Him blessing us. You ever, have you ever, think about it this way. Have you ever given something to someone or your kid and you give it to them and then you're like, I shouldn't have given it to them because they became a detriment to them, or they became destructive with it, or something, you know, like, I remember when we were kids, we got a video game system, and what did we do all summer long? We'd stay up till four in the morning, play video games, and then we'd sleep till like noon, and then we'd get up and play video games till four in the morning, and then sleep till noon. It wasn't beneficial. It was fun, but it wasn't beneficial. It became addictive. I was going to beat Super Mario Brothers. I'm just saying. I was going to beat Super Mario Brothers. And so... God could give us what we want. And sometimes we think what we want is what we need. But our infinite wisdom is because we, what we think is, is correct and what God wants for us is what we think God wants for us. 
is what we think God should bless us with. And sometimes what God's saying is that I'm not going to give this to you because I know by if I give this to you, it's going to take you down a path that you don't see. We don't have a, a, the ability to to recognize what is going on. So I was thinking about this, and and there's this book in our house, and um, we're gonna. I'm I haven't talked to Sarah about this yet, but we're gonna get you guys copies of this book. Um, it, it's a it's a little book. It's about being in the presence of God, and it's a 400 year old book, 300 400 year old book. Um, I'm not buying you the original copies. I'm buying you the reprints. <laughs> Just saying. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'll get, I'm getting you the reprints. The originals I probably couldn't afford. So, uh, so, um, but we're going to get you guys a copy of this one for each family eventually, uh, when we get to it. So, um, yeah, put that in your notes, please. But it, it talks about being in the presence of God. And I think sometimes we, we, we get into the, when we're born again, he brings us into the family. Have you ever, um, how many of you guys, Remember when you first got married and then, um, some of you, <laughs> second row, you, none of you in the second row should remember that. Um, but how many of you guys remember getting married and you're like, we're married now. It's great. And then you start to see the other side of the in-laws and you're like, wait a minute here. They were nice to me six months ago. Or maybe never. Um, but I don't know where I was going with this, but, uh, yeah. So you get married and then you realize, wait a minute, this is not what they made it out to be. You're like, I love my spouse. And you're like, who are these other people that I have to deal with on a regular basis? And it, when you come into the family of God, we have preconceived notions of what it should be. When we come into the kingdom of God, we, we have a preconceived notion of how it should be. And then reality kicks in. And that's not discounting. God is good all the time and he is loves us and he'll never change the way he feels about us. But we have a, a, a pre preconceived uh, um, idea of what it should be like. You guys remember marriage? Like, everything's going to be great. We're going to get married. And then we're like, and it's like, who is this person I married? I, you, but it, it is. It, it, you, you don't, you like, the dating, the, the engagement are great. And then marriage happens and you're like, I have to live with this person 24 hours a day. I never pick up my, I mean, they never pick up their socks. <laughs> Women are like, preach. Yeah. yeah. The drawers always are open. The closet's never shut. The shoes are never in the place that they should be. This is all true. And every man is shaking their head and every wife's like, yep, shaking their head. I'm just, but we have this preconceived notion of what marriage is going to be like. When Sarah and I first got married, like, oh, this is going to be great. And then we got married and like, yeah. Why is there no money? Why are we not getting along all the time? Why are we, why are we ha- struggling in our relationship? What it was is this, is we went into marriage, not, nobody's prepared for marriage. I'm just letting you know, if you think oh, I'm going to be prepared for marriage when I get, you know, you're full of it. You're never prepared for marriage because there's always something you'll never be prepared for. So you get into marriage and you're like, this is going to be great. And then you get in the same house and you're like, I don't like this person right now. You know, why do they eat cereal like that? Why do they sleep like that? Why do they, you know? And so we have this preconception of, of what it, uh, a misconception of what marriage should be. But how many of you guys know that it, marriage doesn't get good until something is put into marriage? Marriage has to be, uh, it, it's, mar- everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to get married and it's just going to be good. It doesn't work that way. You don't just go to work and sit at your desk and get paid. You have to go to work, do what you're asked to do, you're required to do in order for it to become good. The same way with marriage. Marriage has to be something that you have to put time into. You have to make effort. You have to think outside of the box. You have to do things that it's like, you know what? 
I don't really want to pick that up. I don't really want to clean that. I don't really want to do that. But you, you do it because you know it'll be better. And you have to, to work on the relationship with that person in order for it to be better. Are there going to be tough times? Yes, absolutely. I don't care how old you are, how many years you've been married. There's always going to be tough times. There's always going to be moments that you're like, Ugh, I don't want to talk to them right now. But in that relationship, there's fruit that comes out of that relationship. If you if you work on that relationship, it, it there's fruit that comes out of it. But it also is the same way with a relationship with God. We can have a relationship with God and still be that, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, have you guys ever been, feel, have those moments where you feel that way? It's like you feel far from God, but then you realize you're not. It's like you, 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 you feel like you've been removed from his presence. And it's almost a loneliness that comes over. I can't imagine people are like, oh, hell's going to have fire and brimstone. I'm not worried about that. The one thing that I would be, that makes me hate that place is what does it say? An eternal separation from God. Think about that. An eternal separation where you don't have a, 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 a conversation with Him. You don't feel His presence in your life. And, and I was thinking about this. We live in a daily relationship with God. But a lot of those conversations are just quick conversations. It's walk by. It's in the family. Oh, hey God, how you doing? Walk by. I'm on my way to school or I'm on my way to this. When we get up in the morning at our house, it's I'm leaving. The kids are getting up. And it's just like a quick hug. Love you. Kiss. Boom. Out the door. And, and, and I don't see them till 435 o'clock. But I think sometimes in our relationship with God, we get into that, that mode of, I'm getting up and getting ready to go and, and just, we move on throughout the, hey God, how you doing? I gotta get ready. I'm going. And then you're out the door. And then it's 4.35 o'clock. You're like, hey, I'm, I'm home eating dinner. And, and then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I didn't really get to talk to you. You guys ever had that, that moment with your spouse and you're just like, oh, hey, how you doing today? You know, like there was a couple, we've been in a busy time for the last couple of weeks and it's like, I've, I got in bed a couple nights ago and I just said, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm like, like I had to re, I'm, yeah, she's, I'm like, Hey, wake up for a minute. I'm like, love you. And then she's back, you know, but yeah, it's, but it becomes a, a pass by walk through relationship that sometimes can become so superficial. There's been times in our lives where our, our, our interactions have been superficial. I just love you. And it's just a quick, and, and we know we love each other and we know there's a, a more intimate relationship, but it, there's, there's a time of passing by and, and you just coming and going and life gets busy sometimes and, it, and it's tough. And there's just, there's a couple of nights ago, I just said, I need to spend time with you. I just, I just need to, I don't care if it's sitting in the couch, sitting in, in bed, watching TV. I just need to spend time with you. And I need to, to reconnect with you because I don't know what's going on. And so sometimes we live in a daily relationship with God that is quick conversations, but they're just walk by. And, and they're not, there's no meat or substance to the relationship. We know the relationship is there, but it's just, it's there. That's it. You know, it, it's that way with my kids. I get up in the morning, I'm just like, love you. See you later. Have a great day. And I, and I walk on. But, but when we stop, when like I said to my wife, I said, I need to spend time with you. I like, I miss you. I haven't, I haven't talked to you. You've been sleeping. You know, I, I've been work doing extra things late in the evening. She's been sleeping, falling asleep, like the moment she gets home. Um, you know, we're talking nine o'clock at night. We're getting home and it's just, it's crash and go. Um, but, it's the same way with God. When we when we sit down and say, "Hey, I need to be in your presence. I need to see you. I need to talk with you. I need to 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 be with you." It, it changes who we are. It changes the 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 makeup of our relationship. It changes the the whole atmosphere of the relationship with Him. When we when we have those moments with God, when we're in His presence. And we'll never be the same when we have those moments with God. 
You know, it, there's times where our, our relationship is strained because we're busy doing things, but those moments we get to spend together just re-solidify that we love each other and that we have each other's back and that we are connected with each other. But seeking the Lord means to seek, seek His presence. When we, when we go after God, when we're saying, God, I want to spend time with you, we're seeking the presence. Um, the translation of presence in Hebrew basically means His face. So if you read in some of the different translations, it says, seek His face. That means seek the time with Him. Seek the presence to come into His presence, have one-on-one with God. The great thing is he's never busy and he, he always has time to do it. So if, if Sarah's doing it, oh, well, I'm, I'm with Sarah right now. I'll be done in about 15 minutes, maybe half hour, 45 minutes. And, and then, and then I'll talk to you. The great thing is every one of us at the same time can come into the presence of the God, of the, our Father and have a, a one-on-one relationship and conversation with Him that will change us so that when we come back together, will be new. The Hebrew literally means to seek His face, to be in His presence. It means to come into where He is at, or Him come to you, meet you where you are. There's a song that says, you meet me where I'm at, or I meet with you and you meet with me. He will come to you wherever you're at. It doesn't matter the, doesn't matter your location. He's God. He can show up. It doesn't matter where you're at. It could be on a bad day in the bathroom and you're about ready to, to lose it because you have to walk away from everything. And he can just be like, Hey, you need my help right now. And you can cry out to him and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm about ready to lose it on these people because I'm struggling. I just need to meet with you right now. It means to come into his presence, to walk up to him and say, I can see your face. What are you saying to me? What, what do you want me to know? What do you have to say about me? What do you have to say about our relationship? First Chronicles 22, 19 says, Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord so that the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God may be brought into the house built for the name of the Lord. So this is David. This is David. He's getting ready to build. He he wants to build the temple. So Solomon's going to build this temple, but David wants to build this temple. And they're getting ready to, to build this temple. And he says, set your mind and heart to seek the Lord. There, there's a, there's a, there's a, a posture we have to take. And, and it's not the hand, you know, when you're a little kid, you guys remember this? If you ever grew up in churches, Hold your hands, close your eyes, bow your head. Because you know why they did that? Because they didn't want a bunch of five-year-olds looking around while they're praying. Yeah. So think about that. You get ten five-year-olds that aren't close, hand, eyes closed, head bowed. What are they doing? Poking each other, smacking each other. But Or 15, 13-year-olds, it doesn't really matter. Um but it says, set your mind to seek the Lord. That means focus on who He is. You know, a lot of people, it, for some people it's hard because we're like, I can't see Him. Like I said last week, we pray to a God we cannot see. We pray to a God we cannot see, but we see physical and tangible results in the natural to a God that we pray to. But David wants to build this temple and his son Solomon is commissioned with it. And he says, let's set our mind and our heart on the Lord. And there's times where we have to just say, you know what? I'm just going to set my heart on this. I'm just going to stop the busyness. I'm going to stop with the noise. I'm going to stop with the and the chatter and listening to other, what's going on around me. And I'm just going to sit and say, God, what do you have to say? And sometimes that requires you getting away from where you live, where you work, and just sometimes it takes going out somewhere and just getting away from it and saying, God, what are you talking about? What are you we speaking about? But it talks about in this uh, 
verse it says, the Ark of the Covenant that they may bring the presence of God and bring the Spirit of God into the house of God. And what's great about this is the house of the Lord is now us. The Holy Spirit can rest in us, live in us, and we don't have to go to this building. This building is just a great place for us to come together. There is nothing spiritual about this building. It is brick, it is mortar, it is it is tile, it is, it is glass. But there is nothing holy about this building. What it is, is it becomes holy when we come together. This place becomes holy when we come, we come together and we start to worship and we start to praise and come into the presence of the Lord. So, Colossians 3, 1 through 2 says, put on the new self. Then if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things of the earth. So, we always take this scripture, I shouldn't say this, a lot of times you'll hear the scripture and be like, we'll talk about material things, or we'll talk about, you know, we should set our mind on heavenly things and not material things. Okay, yes, completely true. But I really, I really look at this scripture and he's really talking about, Paul's really talking about that we need to set our mind on Christ. We need to set our mind on the Father and say, okay, God, what are you doing now? What are you speaking now on this earth? What are you doing? Because here's the thing. We have to set our mind on things above, not on things of this earth. We can take, take this and make this into a materialistic, anti-materialistic scripture, but I'm, I, that's what we're not going to do. We're going to take this and say, okay, how do I, as a born-again believer, Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, say, how do I bring heaven, set my mind on heaven, so that I can take heaven and bring it to earth. If that, if that was what we're called to do, we have to start to set our mind and start to look at God and say, God, what, what do you have for me so I can bring it out in this earth? Heaven has to become, if our mind is set on heaven and not everything that's around us, what happens is this, it changes the inside of us so heaven becomes a reality inside of us. When heaven becomes a reality inside of us, then it becomes a reality on earth. What we don't, what sometimes we, we forget is that, oh God, heaven to earth. And we're just like expecting like this little slide to come down. But here's the thing is that funnel, it comes through us. It, it, heaven comes to earth through us. And I'm not saying God can't operate without, uh, without using us, but for heaven, a majority of what God is going to do on the earth is going to come through us. Is it going to come through us doing what He has asked us to do? It comes down when we receive, when we set our mind on things above. Things above come become a reality in us, and the presence of God becomes a reality in us, and we're constantly in that reality of of seeing who He is and realizing who He's created us to be. And once that is is happened. And, and while it's happening, we release heaven through everything that we do, we say, everything that we think, because our mind is set on heavenly things. Does that make sense to you guys? Yes. If you look at that verse, does that make sense now? A little bit more than the, the normal, we shouldn't like earthly things kind of <laughs> talk. Um, but... But he says, seek the things that are above. If, if, think about this, this world needs peace. We're not going to get peace by looking anywhere around us. We're going to get peace by looking towards heaven and saying, God, what do you have? I'm seeking the things of heaven. We need peace. We need peace. How do I get peace? Because peace becomes living inside of me. It becomes a reality in my life so peace can be given to other people. We have to become a conduit between heaven and earth. But what we want is we want a slide to come down so we can catch it all. It doesn't work that way. There has to be a middleman in the kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a middleman in there. And God is always using a middleman in everything he does. Think about it. What was he doing with Jesus? It was a middleman to bring salvation to us, to bring redemption to us, to take away our sins. There was some, God just doesn't instantly poof. Oh, it's gone. 
No, he uses something or someone to bring what he has on, on heaven down to earth. So seeking his face, being in the presence of God, ha- comes from a conscious effort of being in his presence. You guys ever just had extreme peace in just the most chaotic situation ever? Like, just everything is going wrong. People are just, people are just absolutely insane. But the peace of God just comes over you and you're just like, they're just looking at you because you're just sitting there and you're not upset. You're not anything. You're not going along with what is happening in the atmosphere because what happens is you've created an atmosphere in your life that becomes a culture in your life. So that atmosphere doesn't, whatever's going around in their whole chaos doesn't affect what's internally inside of you. Because peace comes from heaven. You can search this world over and over and over. You will never find peace. They will say, oh, that's just peace. No, that's not peace. That's not true, the peace of God. It might be calm. You'll find a lot of calm. A lot of other religions, oh, it's peace. No, it's just calm. You get them riled up, they'll come after you. But but peace of God, let me say this, the peace of God does not live in every Christian. Just because they're a Christian doesn't mean that the the peace of God rests in them. Because there's a lot of Christians out there that like to stir up things and like to create just as much drama and chaos as the world does. And we have to be Christians that say, you know what, no, I'm not going to get wrapped up in in so-called Christian drama that they like to cause problems. I'm going to have the peace of God in my life. I'm going to be in the presence of God. So when the presence of God is in my life, the Holy Spirit is guiding me and directing me. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you want to be like, you know, you're dealing with a situation, you like get out of the car, and you're like, Jesus, you stay here. I'm going to go deal with this, and I'll come back, and we'll have a conversation later. I can always ask for forgiveness later, Jesus. But that we have to get in that mindset of, I'm going to take him with me everywhere I go. I'm always going to seek the presence of God in my life daily. And that comes through however you... However you relate to God, however you have your conversations with God, however you receive from God, it comes that way. But it has to be a conscious choice of focusing on him. We have to prioritize his presence in our lives. That's the key to having the culture of heaven be a a revelation in us. So what happens is this. You guys ever, like, like, I've been a Christian for a while, and then one day you hear about something and you've heard about this before, but all of a sudden something changes in you and you have a revelation of that exact scripture and you're like, wait a minute, I've, I've known that scripture for 20 years and it's like, but God has changed. Did he change the words for that for me? You know, you're like, how did you change that for me, God? No, it's because it's become a revelation in you. So when heaven, when heaven's culture becomes revelation in you, what does it do? It starts to become a building block of the culture of heaven, the kingdom of heaven inside of you. When you experience those moments with God, not those quick passing moments, but those moments of the Father telling you that He loves His child and that He is pleased with you and He's saying you're doing a good job, even when you're not. A loving parent will say, you know what? You... you Bad day, huh? Yep. But I love you. I'm pleased with you. Let's, let's try it this way. You're doing a good job. Keep going. So those passing moments, they don't change us. They just, those are just, Hey God, how you doing? You know, it's that quick prayer in the morning. It's, you know, when we're busy or we're, you know, it's that, it's that those times with God that we really don't have the, it's that quick devotional scripture you see on your phone or you see on somebody's Facebook. Those are those quick passing moments. And they're good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting those. They're good. But they're, they're not those moments that will, that when we come into his presence, that will change us. When we come into those times where you ever just been with God and you just don't realize anything else is going on. It's just those moments he is ministering to you 
He's just downloading something into you and changing things in you. And you're just like, time's going by and you don't even realize it. And then you're just like, when it's over, you're like, they're like, you've been kind of just out of it for like 20 minutes. You've just been sitting there for 20 minutes and, and just doing, and people are just like, well, what were you doing? It's like, I was just spending time with my father who loves me. I was spending time listening to what he has to say. And what happens is it changes you. God wants that intimate connection with you. He wants, you know, when we're, when we're born again, he's like, hey, I got a new kid. And he does the Mufasa thing, you know. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, but he has that connection with you. But how many of you guys know, to make a connection with your child, you have to work at it too. You don't just like, oh, my child, boom, throw them in, they're good. The food's over there, their water, their adults are crying out loud, you know. Um, you don't just have a child and set them off to, to live their own life. You raise them up in the way that they should go. And, and raising them up in the way that they should go is what? Is spending time with them, but what we need to realize is in the way that they should go is the way that God has directed them. And sometimes our direction has to, has to, um, supersede their own direction, if you want to say it that way. Um, you have to guide them in the way they go. But what happens is, is this is, God said, let's make man in our image. He did not tell us, He didn't say be fruitful and multiply and make them in your image. He said, let's make man, and He said, He's, Him and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are up there. And they're like, hey, let's make man in our image. Because what a better and more perfect image to use. So he makes man in our image, but he did not tell us to raise our kids in our image. He told us to raise our children up in the way that they should go, in the way that they should become their own believer, their own child of God, their own adult. We can't mold our children in what we want them to be. We can raise them in godly principles, but when we mold them and say, well, I want you to be this, and I want you to be this, and I want you to be this, what happens is we're trying to Take something, a unique mold and fit it into the image of what we think our kids or our, our, their lives should be like. Yes, I want good for my kids, but my kids, if, if you look at the personalities of our kids and the giftings of our kids, they're nowhere different, nowhere close to what our, myself and my wife's giftings are. They're completely different. They're gifted in different ways. They might be in the same vein, but there's no, there's no way I could say, oh, I'm going to take my daughter and I'm going to put her in the mold that God created me in. I can't do that because I'm taking them out of the, out of the giftings and the, 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 um, callings of their life and putting them into saying, okay, this is how you're going to hear from God. This is how you're going to get into his presence and you have to follow this way. Every one of you have a different trigger when God work, works with you. There's a certain trigger in your life that God says, and you're like, yep, that's when you break. And you're like, yes, God, I I understand. God, this, you were right. God, I need you this way. And you guys can attest to that. You guys probably can look at your spouse and say, yes, this is what happens when God deals with them. And this is what happens when God deals with me. But taking my kid and saying, you're going to listen to God this way. And you're going to hear from God this way. I cannot do that because God has created us all to be his sons and daughters. Yes, we have, and what we have to do is we have to look at it and say, okay, my children are going to hear from God differently. They're going to relate to God differently than I do. But they're still going to hear from the same Father. They're still going to come into the same presence of God. And my, my, my prayer for my kids is, is that they have a better relationship with God than I do. They have a better, a better opportunity. I shouldn't say opportunity, I'm sorry a better ability to come into the throne room of God and sit at his feet and say, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to hear? What do you want me to change in my life? What do I need to continue doing? What do I need to stop? You know, I I look at Mary and Martha. This is a great example of uh, of people who were in the presence of God. Mary and Martha, you know, Lazarus's sisters, they're literally in the presence of Jesus. And so, Jesus is at their house. And if you guys have read the story, 
Jesus is at their house. Martha's running around like a chicken with a head cut off. Oh, I got to clean, got to dust, and I got. I'm making food for Jesus. Oh, I better hide that under there and you know scoot that out of the way because I wasn't expecting him to come over. And she's just running around trying to make food, and she gets mad at her sister. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she's just listening. She's hearing what Jesus has to say. Martha's so busy running around trying to make it look good for Jesus and make, and I'm not saying it's bad. She's trying to prepare a meal for Jesus. She's trying to make sure everything is perfect for Jesus. But Jesus didn't want that from her at that moment. He's like, why are you getting mad at your sister for sitting there? She's, she's hearing what I have to say. She's listening to what I have to say. Martha was so busy trying to, to make it look good for Jesus. But Mary was receiving from Jesus. Martha was trying to give to Jesus, but at that moment, Jesus is like, I want to give something to you. I want you to receive something from me. I, I don't want you to sit back. I don't want you to go running around because think about this. If Jesus came to your house, what would you be doing? Oh, I got to go out and uh, mow the yard. Um, I'm kind of busy right now. Can we, can we hold off on this talk for like 15 minutes? I'm almost done mowing the yard. No, when the presence of God comes to you, you sit and you listen and you take it in and you don't go, well, I got to make them food. Jesus is like, I made food all day long, lady. I know how to make food. You don't need to make it for me. But Martha's so busy running around, but Mary just sits in the presence of God. Sits in the presence of Jesus and says, I want to know what you have to say. Speak to me. She wanted that intimate connection with Jesus so that she could receive something from him. You know, God, God wants to, to have that connection with you. And sometimes for everybody, it's different. You know, a few examples are, it could be his word. His, your prayer life, praise and worship, a Christian book. It, any of those things can can change how you hear from God and be able to receive from Him. Those things can break down barriers that keep us from being able to hear from God. You guys, I just ever read a book, and it was just something so simple, just a simple book, and it was like, it changed the perspective on how you saw your relationship with God or how you saw yourself or how you saw the Father or Jesus and said, Oh my gosh. I, then you were like, it changed you because God was using that little nugget in that book to change how you had a relationship with Him. Not just, well, oh, that was really good. You ever read a Christian book and by the time you're done, you're like, that was good, but I really didn't get anything out of it. Because there's a lot of stuff that will tell us about Christianity, but it doesn't tell us about a relationship with God and it doesn't tell us how to be in the presence of God. It can tell us about Christian living, but it cannot tell us about how to become a a Mary, how to sit at his feet and listen and hang on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know, it's like we should we should be waiting for him to speak to us. We'd be like, what are you gonna say? Come on, just like just waiting there. What are you going to say to me today? I want to know what you're gonna say to me today. You know, don't discount how God and what God will do to get closer to us. Here's the problem is people are like, well, I just feel so far from God. Yes, because that is yourself feeling far from God, but God is not far from you because he is, no matter how far you run, he's always behind you chasing after you. He's not, he's not like, oh, you know, just wait for me to get tired. They'll come back. No, he's constantly following you. He will follow you to the gates of hell and wait for you there to bring you back to where he is. But we have to we have to, to learn to stand before him and just hear from him. Yeah. I think so many times we come to God with the busyness of this, God, this and this, this and this, and it's like, just shut up. No, I, I'm serious. There's times, I, I guarantee you, he's like, I love you, but just shut up and listen to what I have to say to you. You tell that to your kids, right? Will you just shut up and listen? I will tell you what you need to do so you can fix the situation. I've said that to adults too. 
but it's true. We come to God and we're just babbling and, and, and He loves us. But He's like, okay, just stop. Slow your roll. <laughs> Chill out. and Just listen to what I have to say. Listen to what I have for you. Because two words can change us from God. And we're just, God, this is going on and this is, and He's like, okay, I understand, but talking about it ain't gonna fix nothing. Talking about it is not going to change what God has to say to you. He's just like, okay, this is the situation. He knows the answer before you do even know what's going on. He's got the answer for a situation you're going to deal with six months from now. And he's like, quit talking about it. Listen to me. Come into his presence, stop the chatter, and listen to him. You know, when I need an answer, I go to God through worship. That That's... That's that's how I do it. If you want things to change in your life, learn how to worship. If you want to, if you want things to start to change in your life, and you want to be able to hear from God in, in in a greater way, learn to worship. You know what? Sometimes it's just kicking that uh, a song on your phone, putting the headphones in, walking around the house. Sometimes it's putting a CD in in, in the car and just worshiping Him. But take that time and just say, you know, what? I just need to worship. For me, it's like if I need an answer, if I need that one-on-one time with God, my entrance point to that is praise and worship. Because it says what? Enter his courts with praise. We Praise will change the way you see God and are able to hear from him. Sometimes it's just stopping the hustle. Sometimes it's it's... Taking a couple minutes to stand before him, see him in his, who he is, in the glory and his beauty, and just say, God, I need you right now. I need your presence right now. I need your wisdom right now. You know, when we're born again, there's a thing that we do before we become saved, and what is that? We surrender our lives. We surrender our lives to Christ. And what does He do? He makes us new. He makes us a new creation. But His presence is, the, is, is very much the same. When we seek His face and we come into His presence and, and we, we meet with Him, we come away a different person. We come away transformed. We come away not thinking or seeing the same way. We start to see through His eyes. And when, we're, when we come into the presence of God, what it does is it changes us. So we don't see the same way. We don't think the same way. We don't act the same way. We don't speak the same way. It changes how we relate to the world around us. Because when heaven speaks to us and it becomes a reality in our life, it changes the way that we look at the people around us. It changes the way we we look at the situation. You know, you walk into a situation you're like, this is hopeless. I don't know what to do. And God's like, I have the answer. All you have to do is come to me, spend a few minutes with me. You guys ever had just a brief moment with God where you're in his presence and it's just like, it, it doesn't have to be this 20 minute thing. It's like two minutes and it's like, whoa, what what did God just do? He'll change your perspective on everything. You know, those moments with God are great. And we, we need those. Every now and then we need those moments. It, it's a good stress relief moment when we're dealing with life and we're dealing with cer- certain situations and we just come into the presence of God and He's just like, just rest. Let Sometimes we need God to minister to us without us going and saying, well, God, I need this, I need this. He's just like, God is the master physician. He knows everything. He knows what is wrong with us. He knows where we're where we're sick, where we need something to be fixed. And, and sometimes we just need to go to Him and say, "I just need you to work on me. I just need you to change something in me." And just be quiet. You know, Samuel. You know, he's running around looking for this voice in the temple and Eli's just like, Hey, it was, it was funny because it says um, that Eli knew the voice of God, but it took him two times to realize it was God speaking. 
So that means the voice of God was different for Samuel than it was for Eli. But Eli finally just said, I didn't call you. And then he's like, wait a minute. I know what it is. He's like, when you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. Or speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And what happened was is it changed Samuel. If you look at Samuel in the, in the Bible, he lived in a constant presence of God in his life. Think about this. Samuel changed the course of, of the Israelite people with the, what he was doing. But he lived in a constant awareness of the Holy Spirit in his life. I think we, we can't, we, we have those moments where we spend time with God and those are great and we need those moments. We need those, that overflowing moment of, of the presence of God in our life to change us or to, to minister to us. But I think we can't live in those moments all the time. It's like miracles. We can't live in a miracle every moment because a miracle every moment means our life is really messed up. And we can't go from miracle to miracle because if we're going from miracle to miracle, that means the provision and the, the sustaining power of God is not active in our life. So that means faith is not being implemented into our life. So we cannot, we can't go from miracle to miracle because if I'm going from miracle to miracle, I mean, we lived that way when we were first married. It was like, oh crap, where are we going to get this from? And God showed up, boom, and he showed up. And I am so grateful and thankful for God that he showed up. But what happened was is this. Something grew inside of us that knew we can't live this way. We need to live in the power of God daily and live in, in faith daily so we're not like, oh, Jesus, I need, I need $400. My car just broke down. And you're like just that fervent prayer of, oh, dear Jesus, God, anybody up there, you know, the Holy Spirit, just please, you know, and those desperation prayers. Desperation prayers do not, do not get us into a point of walking in faith. They get us into, he's going to bail me out when I need him. We look at God as a payday loan. If you just help me out with this, I'll, I'll be good. If you just help me out with this, I'll stop this. If you just help me out with this, I'll do this. I'll go back to church. I'll, uh, whatever it is, all it does is create this, this mindset of serving him and having to repay him for what he has done in our life. So having those moments with God of, oh, I just got to come to his presence. I need to, God just do your work and he lays you out on the floor and he's working on you for 20 minutes. That's great. But you can't go to work like that. I'm just saying, you can't be like, you know, slain in the spirit, sitting in your office chair and you're just like, or, or drunk in the spirit and people are like, what is this guy doing? Like we need a drug test at work today. We can't do that. We can't have that. Uh, you can't be slain in the spirit every time. Try driving home like that. It's You're going to get tickets. I'm just saying. But to live in the constant awareness, to live with him in your life daily, and to understand that he is there daily, and to recognize his presence in your life, we have to live that way. Yes, you're going to have those moments where he just lays you out, and it's great, and he deals with you, and he loves you, and he's like, you needed that moment. But we have to live in a daily and constant awareness of taking the Holy Spirit and having Him in your life and walking with Him and having Him guide you and lead you and tell you what you need to know. So we have to have a, a constant awareness of His presence and, and living in His presence daily where it's not just, a, oh, hey, God, how you doing? It's a constant conversation with Him while you're doing what you're doing. I find myself mumbling to Him a lot of times. Whether I, I'll be at work doing something, I'll just find myself mumbling. And sometimes I don't realize it and I have to keep my mouth shut because otherwise I'm, I can be distracting to people and it's just weird. Um, but I'll find myself just kind of, you know, just talking and kind of just, I'll start to, I'll be talking in my head and it'll start to come out and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm just having a conversation with you, God. But we need to live in that constant presence of Him daily in our lives. Hebrews 11, 6 says this, and without faith it is impossible to please God for whoever would draw near to God, must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Seeking Him in the intimate relationship requires intentional effort that we have to do. We have, it requires daily work. If you want to have a constant conversation with God, there has to be a, a beginning conversation. If you want God to deal 
or, or if you want to deal with what you're going through, you can't just do that random throw up prayer. It has to be a constant conversation with God. God, you know what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. This is how I'm dealing with what I, I'm dealing with right now. What do I need to do? David says in Psalm 105, 4, says, seek the Lord in his strength and seek his presence continually. Don't wait for the, the special speaker or the conference to, to, for God to do something in your life. Make it a continual effort that God is constantly working in you to change you. Because heaven to, heaven to earth the, uh, in our life doesn't happen instantly. It has to, has to be laid brick by brick. There has to be a foundation of heaven in us in order for the kingdom of heaven to be alive in us. There has to be uh, an understanding and growing in it. So when heaven comes into us and we fully realize what it is, it gets released through us. So we don't have to be like, oh God, I just need this now. I just, oh, I need this now. No, it's like, oh God, you already gave that to me. I can release that into earth. I can release that into the earth today. And so it's a continually seeking his presence, a continually seeking his face in your life that will change who you are. The worship will change who you are. That when you see God, you recognize his face and you say, hey, come here, I need to spend time with you. And when you're through your day, you're like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. I'm dealing with this. I'm struggling with this. This is what's happening at work. This is what's happening in the family. But he knows what's going on, but he wants that conversation with you. There has to be a conversation in order for a, res- a resolution in that convers- or for that conversation to co- go through. So it comes from surrendering, our, surrendering ourselves. If we surrender ourselves to him, He's like, okay, I will have, you've surrendered yourself to me. I will have that conversation with you. And he just wants to have that moment where he speaks to you and you, you recognize his voice. I think sometimes it's hard to recognize his voice through all, through everything that's going on in our lives. But he's just like, if, if you stay quiet and you recognize my voice, you will understand what is going on. You will understand and hear and recognize my voice. If his sheep recognize his voice, the shepherd's voice, and he is the good shepherd, then we should recognize his voice. When he speaks, we will recognize his voice. But living in a daily awareness of his presence in your life will change the way that you relate to everything around you. Let's pray.